Thanks for joining us for the City Church Podcast. More information on City Church is available at www.ourcitychurch.org. So a team of us just got back from uh, Rwanda, Africa, and God did some incredible, incredible things. It's not a word, but the Lord can do anything. So, hey, he can even do incredible things. Um, he did some incredible things, and uh, I just asked a couple of our um, warriors for Jesus to share just a brief testimony. And so uh, God used Carol in an amazing way while we were there. I have to say she was like world famous by the time we left. She was, she was highly sought after. The pastor of the church, this large church, came to me and said, Wow, that woman. I said, yeah, you know, she could preach. It's hard to sum up in two minutes a trip that just saved, just changed my life. I've grown up as a missionary's daughter, but I had never seen the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the way I saw it in Rwanda. The people there just welcomed us with open arms. The word that just kept coming to me was the word home. When we got there, it was like they just opened their homes and their hearts to us. Um, many of them had um, had been sponsored children. Many of them had lost their parents. And uh, I was called Mama by so many of them. Mama Caro. They couldn't quite get Carol. But it was Mama Caro. And it just, they allowed us to become brothers and sisters with them in our worship the worship was unbelievable. We also got to visit a, a refugee camp. At the beginning of the week, everything changed for us because Tanzania expelled um, over 5,000 refugees, and they were in a refugee camp, and the government asked African New Life to come in and just minister to these people, and we got to travel there with a the band and to just watch these people, and our, the pastor of the church had been a refugee himself, and he just said to them, Welcome home. You're wanted. We want you here in your home. And to see these these men and women and children respond to that was just amazing. One of the older women, you know, they, they could only carry what they could carry as they had to walk out of the country that they had lived in, some of them since 1959. She pulled out this ratted, tattered Bible and just stood there. And we found a home there. Probably the most exciting thing for me was, though, that we as a team got to pray with hundreds hundreds of young people and welcome them home to Jesus. It just took our breath away. The first day we were there, I was having my quiet time and I, I was reading the verse, you know, some sow and some, some harvest. And I wrote in my journal, and I just looked over it this morning and I wrote in my journal that first day and I said, Lord, could it be possible that you would allow us to see the harvest of all of their faithfulness? And he gave it to us. And it took our breath away. And we have left part of our hearts at home in Rwanda. Thank you for letting us go. So Carol stole my story. (laughs) Um, It was my first time to Africa. And um, to like any type of country like that... um, and, uh, and I definitely, you know, I expected God to really move in my heart and, and change my heart uh, when it came to being, like, content and seeing these people, you know, live so much differently than we do in America. And, and God definitely did that in my heart. Um, but something additional that I didn't really expect was just a brand new, fresh, 
uh, realization of his faithfulness in a country that, like 19 years ago, was just totally torn apart and, and murder and, and violence and hate was all over the streets. Like, just to see God heal, beginning to heal, and, and um, just to see people's hearts so hungry for Jesus. We, we got to go to a lot of different schools. And uh, one day we got to go to a non-Christian school. And before that, we had gone, all gone to Christian school. So we weren't sure how this one would be. Um, and as we were setting up, a few students came in um, just to just pray and sing in the room that we were going to be in. Um, and I think this is a highlight of everyone that was there. Um, their fervor for Jesus and their hunger for Jesus was like nothing I've ever seen before. It seriously inspired me in my prayer life and in just my hunger for God, it was incredible. And we didn't understand anything they were saying, but the presence of God was like almost physical in that room. It was, it was intense. Um, and even just overall, just to see God's faithfulness, like none of us got sick. Like no, there was no, there was no fighting on the trip. It was all, it was just so incredible. Um, just to see his faithfulness. There was one last thing I wanted to share. Um, African New Life, the ministry we went, we went to help, um, it was incredible to see how God was using them to impact. And, and like Carol said, the government turned to them when the, these refugees were brought to the, the country. And we got to kind of drive through a village. And all the, the kids that were sponsored through African New Life uh, were wearing bright yellow shirts. And as we drove like 45 minutes from one side of the village to the other, almost every kid was wearing a yellow shirt. And just to see God's impact, to see their impact like through through Jesus was just it was just mind-boggling. It was awesome. So, yeah. For those of you that prayed for us, for those of you that gave financially for this trip, uh, I don't think a day, actually, maybe the safari day, there was one day of rest that we rest, that we did. But um, every day that we were at this trip, we saw scores of people turn and put their faith in Christ. I mean, it was just unreal. Like we don't have a number. It was just scores of people. I mean, sometimes, you know, just more people than we could, could deal with and pray with. And it was amazing to watch people turn and and receive Jesus. And, uh, and then like Carol got said, hundreds upon hundreds of young people we got to pray for and uh, speak the blessing of God over. It was just, just incredible. So thank you for investing in us. Thank you for investing in the trip. And, uh, I think, um, you know, this community is going to have a consistent, consistent place there. Uh, one of the things that God put on my heart for the refugee camp that we went to, at one point, um, the pastor there, Fred, just said, how many of you need Bibles? And hundreds of hands went up. And I just thought to myself, not on my watch. We are not going to know that there are hundreds of refugees that want Bibles and don't have them. And so City Church is going to be buying them about 2,000 Bibles that we'll be dropping off. Um, So it's just awesome. Awesome. So glory to God. I'm sure you'll hear more testimonies as we we keep going here the next few weeks. But God's just doing a great work there. So uh, let's pray. And then we're going to just do a few minutes in the scripture today and, uh, and wrap it up. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit and for your power. I pray that you uh, bless this day. I pray that every heart would leave here encouraged by the power of the Holy Spirit by grace. I pray in Jesus' name that you bless the word as we dig into it and that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would be with us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. 
Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you should be encouraged. Then you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Thank you, band. You guys held it down up here. Thank you. Really appreciate it. My wife is... Come here, baby. She is so pregnant. It is awesome. It is awesome. I also want to congratulate the Maddies. I think I saw them here. Are they here? Okay. Mike makes girls, I make boys. Just saying. It's good stuff. We got three arranged marriages so far. It's good times. Good times. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, just the beginning. Pursue love. Pursue love. You know, we've been in this series, Growing Down, and we talked about Bible study. We talked about prayer, the prayers of petition. And we talked last week about silence and solitude. And hopefully, over the last three weeks, God has been cultivating in your life a greater discipline for these spiritual things. Um, If not, I want to encourage you today. Many of us are reading through the Gospel of John. Yeah? How's that going? Praise God. Hopefully you are. Excited about that. We uh, challenged everybody two weeks ago to read through the Gospel of John one chapter a day. Write observations and application. Let the Lord speak to you. He's going to. And um, you can jump right in if you'd like. Uh, Many of us are, like Roger challenged you last week, to take ten minutes during the day to embrace silence and solitude and schedule one day before December 1st. I'm going to be doing that. I want to encourage you to do that for quiet, for solitude, for silence. Very very uh, helpful. I was really blessed by that message. Um, and then the week before that, I talked about prayer. I talked about praying under the authority of Jesus. Do you remember this? I talked about um, praying from submission, discerning the Lord's will. Um, and, and then we talked about praying on a consistent basis for four things, right? Four things for every single day in the month of August and believing that God's going to answer those prayers. I have already seen, I've prayed every day for those four things that are my personal petitions to the Lord. And I'm already seeing God answer those prayers. It's incredible. I want to encourage you to get on board. Start to develop these disciplines. Start to develop these habits, okay? Um, I want to share a story that I've shared before. Lord put it on my heart. Uh, It was a turning point in my life. You may have heard it before. But when my first son was born, Gabriel, uh, six years ago, I remember just standing in the hospital with him and those parents that that, uh, you know, have this experience, you know what it's like, and, you know, they're squirming there, and they look like a little glowworm, every kid looks like an old man, you know, and, 
And, uh, and there he is looking like an old man. And Except for the Jacob's kid. Their kid was way too cute when he was born. I don't know where he is, but my kids look like old men. They turn out to be strapping young men. But they begin like old, crinkly little men. And, uh, and, and so there he is, you know, kind of looks like he's 106. And, and, and he's, you know, kind of all there. And, and, um, and uh, my wife is asleep. And I'm just looking at this baby. And I want to be honest with you, I've shared this, and I'm looking at this child, and, and as I'm staring down at this child, these flashes of selfishness started to overwhelm my soul. And I'm looking down at this kid, I'm thinking, what have I done? I'm thinking, I can't go and be with my friends anymore. I can't stay up till four in the morning by choice anymore. I can't do the things I used to do. I don't have the freedom I used to have. And all these things, well, what about, what about me? And what about my stuff? And what about my sports? And what about my, and what about, and all these things started bubbling. I'm not ready, I can't do this. I'm not, and all these feelings started to bubble, 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 bubble like a volcano inside of me. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all those feelings, this divine calm came upon me. And I sensed the Lord just say to me, it's, it's time to die. It's time for you to die. And I remember just as an act of the will, saying yes to God right then, saying, God, I, I give, I, I give, I give what I have, I give all I have, and there was something that switched inside my soul. It was really like, like a light just turned on, that five seconds before I was battling with my own selfishness, and the second after, I had cleared the road in my soul and said, you know what? My life is for you. And I looked down at that little kid and I said, son, everything I have belongs to you. And I want my ceiling to be your floor. I give my life, whatever I have, for you from this day on. He kind of just, you know, didn't pay attention. <laughs> Still working on the paying attention part. But, but there was a change in my soul that day. And I made a decision that my love was going to be a love that gave and love is an interesting thing. And we just read this passage on love. And I kind of want to just let this be sort of an asterisk in the Growing Down series as we've gotten involved in this series. It's just going to be a few minutes here today. But, um, you know, have you ever found that you have the potential to do Christian things without a Christian heart? You ever struggled with that? Because I have. You know, there's this thing, this intangible, this unmistakable thing that the Bible calls love, that differentiates those that serve God and those that serve God like God. And it's hard to discern, and sometimes people can fake it and trick everyone but God. But it's really easy to do things without love. And the passage that we just read in 1 Corinthians 13 is well known. I did a wedding yesterday. One of the uh, members of the church got married. And uh, I did a wedding and I read some of 1 Corinthians 13. But it talks about how this idea of love, if you don't have it, spiritual gifts just become annoying. That's what it says. It says all the supernatural works of faith just get in the way. They're not helpful. Love has this power. It's a shift in your perspective. It's kind of like the difference between going online to africanewlife.com, picking out a little kid because you think it's a good thing to do, clicking on their picture, and then signing up for your bank account to withdraw $39 a month. Because I did that nine months ago. And it was like, okay, 
Done. Next thing, what's for lunch? But just a few days ago, I pulled into Kajeo in a truck with some friends, got out, and this little 12-year-old kid comes running up to me and hugs my leg. And the little 12-year-old kid is about the size of my 6-year-old kid because he's eaten beans and dirty water his whole life and his body hasn't been able to grow. And here he is at 12 years old and I ask him what grade he's in and he's in second grade. And I look over at his translator and she says, well, they don't start school until somebody sponsors them and you just started sponsoring him so he just started school. And I talk with Kiza for 10 minutes and I look at his mom's eyes. And here's his mom just looking at me, just saying, just thank you. And my $39 a month got him a uniform and a school tuition to a very good school there where he's going to learn to read and he's going to learn to write. And it got him health insurance and it got him a meal every single day. And on Saturdays, an extra class that teaches him about Jesus and about hygiene and again feeds him. And this little kid's life has literally been turned for 39 bucks a month. And when I got back in the Jeep, my love for Kiza was just fundamentally different than when I had, before I had gotten out of the Jeep. See, one was a picture on a, on a computer and a click of a button, and it had become simple, it had become systemized, and the other had skin and life and breath, and it bothered me the next day that his school had bats in the ceiling. Because I cared. And I had to ask myself, driving back home in that Jeep, what have I become? You know? What have I become? How is it possible for me to so systemize my life that I I don't actually love? I would go as far as to say that the chief characteristic of the Christian life is other-mindedness other-mindedness. And I just want to ask you today, how other-minded are you? And when you look at what we've talked about so far, we look at this idea of studying the Scripture, changing the highways of your mind, right? Hopefully you're changing some of the highways of your mind right now through the study of Scripture. And prayer, changing the way that God acts by praying. What a powerful idea. And silence and solitude, hearing and discerning the will and the voice of God by slowing everything down. As you practice these things, what will be the supernatural result of these disciplines? Let me tell you. In your heart will start to stir a fresh, alive, excited, vibrant Christian love. And that's what I want to see God do in this season of our church. I want to see God in this season of our church start to uncap our souls a little bit. Where God starts to stir in you a greater love than you've ever had before. A greater fervency, a greater passion for Him. A greater devotion to Him than you've ever had before. And the natural outworking of a person that loves God is evangelism. Now, evangelism is kind of a dirty word in our culture, isn't it? I mean, when you hear the word evangelism, you're like, ugh, <laughs> dirty word. Tricks, gimmicks, agendas. That's what I think of when I think of 
evangelism. And so Christians are often kind of, you know, shy around this word. Well, are you going to be, you know, evangelistic? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. I think, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm not going to cram anything or ram anything or jam anything. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be nice, you know, and evangelism kind of is like, ah, well, you know, but when you step back, and I understand that there are some good reasons why evangelism has gotten a bad rap in our culture because people have abused it and used it without love and talked about Jesus but not acted like Jesus and all the different things that you and I have experienced a thousand times where somebody hands you a tract on the back of a urinal. I mean, I don't want to touch that thing. Right? Men, women are like, what's a urinal? Anyways, the point that I'm trying to make here is that it's impossible to be consistent as a Christian and not share it. The Bible says that God so loved that He gave. And I would contend with you today that all Christian love has to give. It has to give or it's not Christian love. It has to be outward focused. It has to be other people. There's a great story about General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. And these two young missionaries went out to somewhere in northern Africa from Europe. And it was a very different culture for them. And they began to share about Jesus and share about Jesus. And nothing was working. They telegrammed General Booth. And they said, General Booth, we've tried all of our different tactics about evangelism. We've tried everything we know how to try. Nothing's working. We're asking you to please let us come home from our missionary assignment. And General Booth sent them a telegram back with just two words. Try tears. And so the two began to ask God to break their heart. And as they asked God to break their heart, God began to break their heart. And they started to love. You've learned how to meditate on the scripture three weeks ago. You've learned how to petition and to pray two weeks ago. You've learned how to quiet your heart down and discern the voice of God last week. Now it's time to take those three things and to begin to put them in practice so that we can see our city and our region transformed for God's glory. I want to give a very specific challenge as we wrap up today if our ushers would pass out these cards. We've used cards like this in the past and I find that they're very helpful to kind of get the ball rolling, to give us some practicals. So in the midst of a great service where we got to celebrate God's grace and see lives touched and changed, I'm encouraged. I want to put some skin and some meat on a challenge before you leave here today, okay? And uh, here's the challenge. We're heading into the fall and God has put a crazy idea in our hearts. You guys can start passing those out. And the crazy idea is that as we celebrate our two-year anniversary, we are expecting God to pour out His Spirit in such a supernatural way that we will not literally have room to contain it. You see, here we are in August. This room is full. We'll have a second service. This room will be full again. We'll be back at Co-op High School next week, and God's going to begin to fill those rooms. We're going to launch a Saturday night service, which I believe God is also going to fill, and then another location in Bridgeport on October 20th, which I believe God is also going to fill. My prayer of faith has been that the Lord would allow us as a church community by the new year in January to be impacting about a thousand people every single week through our weekly services. That's what I want to believe God for. That should be exciting to you, by the way. You've been a part of dead church too long. Wake up. God's changing the world. Pay attention and get involved. All right. All right. 
And so what we've seen so far, we're going to celebrate two years on September 15th. And what we've seen so far in the world of New England church is next to unheard of. And we're watching the Lord do this because now's God's time. I'm convinced of that. And so on September 15th, we're going to launch a pretty audacious series called Jesus Said. We're going to focus on the words of Jesus. This is going to be an excellent time for you to begin to invite friends to church. Now, my view is that every day is an excellent time to invite friends to church. But as we prepare for a two-year anniversary, this is an extra special opportunity for you to invite some others to come along with you. So I'm giving you two things at the same time. But when you walked in, you should have received... Can I borrow that? This one. Yeah, oh, it looks good. I haven't seen it yet. When you walk in, you should have received one of these. On the back, it says, you're invited. That's not for you, by the way, although you are invited. These are opportunities. You're going to get these the next few weeks to invite somebody to our two-year anniversary in this series that's called Jesus Said. So you have that neighbor, you have that friend, you have that family member that maybe, man, they just aren't a part of church. They aren't a part of following Christ, but I really want to see God break in. Remember, I don't want to see God break in for the sake of growing a church. I don't want to see God break in for the sake of a gimmick. I want to see God break in because I love them. Because I love God. And the only natural outworking of loving God is to love my neighbor. And the scripture goes so far as to say is if you don't love your neighbor, then you don't know God. And so I love my neighbor by speaking God's love and truth into their lives. And one of the greatest ways you can do that is by asking them if they'd like to come to church with you. So this is a great way to invite them. All the information is right there. And then take a look at this second card that says open their eyes. This is, in my view, one of the most important cards in a Christian's life. What we've done is over the last six months, we've kind of honed this and sharpened this and put some new scriptures on here for you. This is a series of scriptures that you can pray over someone in your life that's far from God. This might be a coworker, family member, a friend, someone that you care about, that you know, that you want to see them maybe reunited to God, or you want to see them come to God for the first time. Well, we've already learned that prayer changes the way God acts, and we've already learned that the scripture rewires our minds, and so we're going to rewire our minds by praying prayers that are scriptural. Wow, see how it all connects together? Isn't that cool? I thought it was cool. Um, was that Maya? Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. The other guy that helped me put it together. <clears throat> he thinks it's cool. Awesome. So you see this uh, thing here. It says, open their eyes. And then it gives you a series of scriptures that you can begin to pray over those that don't know Christ in your life. And then flip it over to the back. You've got a number of other scriptures. And then it says, today I specifically pray for. And we give you four slots there. You may already know who needs to be on this card. Here's what I'm asking you to do. From now until September 15th, I'm asking you to make this a part of your regular routine. And when you pray and petition, take a few minutes to pray these verses over the individuals in your life. And so now you've got a habit. See, what we're doing is we're developing some soup. You've got a habit to pray for your own issues. You've got a habit to pray for those that don't know Christ. You've got a habit to take time to be quiet in solitude and silence. You've got a habit to study the scripture. And all of these things together cause us to grow down into him who is the head. And so I want to urge you right here, right now, take this incredibly seriously. And every day from now till the 15th, and of course we want you to continue on after the 15th, but every day from now till September 15th, begin to pray for someone who you can invite to church on September 15th. Y'all tracking with this? All right. You going to do it with me? 
I'm in. Are you in? How are we going to see God reach this whole region? This is how. Stand to your feet. We're going to close in prayer. I want you to take this card. I know I just asked you to stand to your feet and maybe you uh, left it on your seat. But stand to your feet and uh, grab this card. Just stick it up in, your, in the air to God. There's probably maybe 200 people here. Two times four is eight. 100 people we're praying for right now. I know you haven't filled out your name or your card yet, but we're going to pray right now for the Holy Spirit to speak to you about who you should pray for over the next few weeks. God, I thank you for all that you're doing in this church community. Thank you for those that followed you into the waters of baptism today. What a great honor and privilege. God, thank you for all the people, the scores of people that were saved in Rwanda, Africa. Thank you for the word of the Lord preached by Roger last week that was so encouraging and for the worship that we were able to worship you with all of our hearts today. God, right now we lift up these 800 plus people, God, that we're going to be praying for over the next few weeks. Holy Spirit, as we go home, I ask that you would press upon our hearts who we should pray for and God, encourage us to pray daily and invite these people into this community to experience your grace and your love. God, as we begin this Jesus Said series on the 15th of September, I pray that you would speak the truth of your gospel in such a profound, simple, and life-changing way that, God, none of us would ever be the same and that hundreds would come to faith in Jesus. Lord, we lift up this initiative to you to grow down into Christ and, Father, to begin to pray for those that don't know Christ. I pray, Jesus, that you burden our hearts, break our hearts with a love that can only come from Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We hope you've been challenged and encouraged by this City Church podcast. Visit City Church at www.ourcitychurch.org.